0: Today, I am honored to be able to speak with you. Now, how many of you enjoyed your Christmas? Now, now, now how many of you are glad that Christmas is over? Come on. <laughs> you know, apart from Christ, Christmas can be challenging. Amen? You know, especially our family gatherings. You know, all the planning that goes into our, our, our family gatherings, you know, we just want those things to be a success. You know, think about it. I, 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 you want your, all your decorations to be just right. You, you want your food, man, you want your food to be just right, right? And, and you want everything to go as planned. You want everybody you invited, you want them to show up. You want it to be a success, I mean, you want to make sure you purchase that right gift for everyone. You know, after fighting the traffic, after fighting the crowds in, in the store, you want to make sure that gift is just right. But tell me the truth. How many of you received a gift from a loved one? Now, you're looking at that gift, and when they gave it to you, you got this big smile on your face, right? But in the back of your mind, you're thinking, well, I hope they kept that receipt. I mean, but we don't, we don't take them back because, you know, we just don't want to offend anyone. You know, a few years ago, for about three Christmases in a row, my wife, whom I love, bless her heart, she bought me a pair of green polyester slacks for three years in a row. Now, on that third year, along with those green polyester slacks, she bought me a pair of green patent leather shoes. I don't like green. But, but because it was my wife, you know I had to wear those things, right? A- at least once. So, so I wore them to church, and I'm praising God, looking like the big jolly green giant, and I can't wait to get home. So, so I get home, I take those clothes off, I hang them in the closet, I fall on my knees, and I pray for Jesus to come back real soon, because I don't want to have to wear those clothes again. Now, that wasn't a very successful Christmas for me anyway. You know, just like we face challenges during our our Christmas time because we want everything to be a success, you know, life can be challenging also because we want to be successful. I mean, we want to have a successful life. We want to have a successful marriage. We want to have successful families. We want to be successful in our jobs and in our relationships. And if we're struggling with anything like drinking or or drugs or gambling or, or we have this type of sexual addiction, you know what? We want to successfully overcome those things. So what do we do, church? What do we do to ensure success? You know, one thing that the world offers to us are books. You know, how-to books. You know, like how to have that happy family or how to run that successful business. And last but not least, how to play the guitar in 60 days. Now, really, my brother actually bought that book. Can't play a lick. It's been about four or five years. I'm telling you, he is not successful at that thing yet. Now, I've seen people, and me being one of them, you know, we go by the books, and we go to the how-to seminars, and and you know what? We still struggle. We still struggle with success. We still have struggles in our lives. You know, I had a pastor friend of mine that that after I got saved, he would come to me, or I would go to him, and I would share with him my problems. And he would always say this, You know, because I'll stand back after asking my problem, telling my problem. I would just stand back and wait to hear this wise wisdom, this spiritual maturity. But he would always say this. He would simply say, Shelby, what did God say? What did God say? No matter what question I would ask him, he would always say, what did God say? So let's do this. Let's look into God's word and let's see what God's word has to say about success. Now, how many of you have errors in your lives or struggles in your life that you want to be successful in in 2010? Amen. Well, let's listen to this. I have three keys that I want to share with you out of the Word of God that if you apply them all, that's the key, you got to apply them all, you will be successful. But before I read them to you, let me give you the background that leads up to this scripture. You see, the men and and women and children of Israel, they were being held captive in Egypt. So God sent Moses, and and along with Moses was this young man by the name of Joshua. Remember that name, Joshua. Now, Moses was told by God to bring the, the people of Israel up out of captivity across the wilderness into the promised land that God had promised them. But because of their unbelief, because they did not listen to God, because they refused to obey God. They they wandered in that wilderness for 40 years, and and they were not allowed to enter into the promised land. You see, these people were not very successful. They still had struggles in their lives. But Joshua, because he trusted God, he, he was allowed to take everyone 20 years in and under into the land that God had promised them. Now, God wanted to set them up for success. So God gave them three keys that would ensure their success. And they're found in Joshua 1 and 8. Now, guys, here are three simple keys that will ensure your success. It says this, study this book of instructions continually. Meditate on it day and day. night. So you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Now listen to this. Only then, only then will you prosper. Only then will you succeed in all, in all, in every area of your life, in every struggle in your life. Only then will you succeed in all that you do. Those are the three keys to success. Let me break them down for you. Let me give you key number one to ensure success is this. Read the book continually. Joshua 1 and 8 says this. Study this book of instructions continually. You see, one reason that people do not have success in their lives is this, guys. They simply don't read the book. You know, a survey was taken from 1,017 professing Christians. Now, 54% of those said that Bible reading was important. Now, 48% actually said that they read their Bible. You see, you you got half the number of people that, that, that said Bible reading was important. But fewer than that actually read their Bibles. Now we got to ask ourselves the question, or you ask yourself the question, what group do you belong to? Because God said this in Hosea 4 and 6. In Hosea 4 and 6, He says, My people are destroyed from lack of knowledge. God's people are destroyed from a lack of knowledge. People who are in the church are, are being destroyed. Why? Be, because they, they simply are not reading the book. Men and women, they're, they're being destroyed. Why? Because they're not reading the book. Families are being torn apart. Why? Why? Because they are not reading the book. Marriages are ending in divorce. Why? Because they are not reading the book. Our children are running wild. Why? Because we are not reading them the book. People are living all types of sinful lifestyles. Why? Because they're not reading the book. Now, what makes the Bible, what makes this Bible so special? What what sets this book apart? from any other book. Let's look at 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17. I think we'll find the answer. It says this, all Scripture. Everybody say all Scripture. All Scripture scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and make us to realize what is wrong in our lives it corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right now god using it uses it god uses this book to prepare and equip his people to do every good work you see guys this book is not just some ideal of a man who sat down one day and decided to write about god but this book here was inspired by god You see, this is the inward work of God's Holy Spirit inside the hearts and minds of chosen men who who wrote this book. Men wrote exactly what God wanted them to write. You see, the Bible is completely trustworthy. You know, you you can trust this Bible. The Bible is infallible. The Bible is without error. You see, this Bible, it will not mislead you. This Bible will not deceive you. This Bible will not disappoint you. The Bible is the authority for our faith. The Bible is the authority for our life. In every area of our life, this Bible, look at here, this Bible right here will teach you how to live a successful life. You know, my my wife has a saying that I think is so true. And she would say this. She said, it was my best thinking that got me into trouble. Yeah. Now, she never didn't say if it was me or her, but she would always say to me, it was my best thinking that got me into trouble. And see, God just wanted to correct the way we think. He wants to begin to prepare us and, and equip us to live, to live and to have successful lives. You know how he does it? He does it through his word. You know, God has a plan for your life. And the plan that God has for your life is inside of this book. You know, when my uh, grandfather passed away, I went to go view the body. And he was laying there in that casket, you know. And I'm looking over there in the casket. And and something just came over me and said, touch him. I said, no, I'm not touching him. He's dead. And, you know, I love my grandfather. I just wasn't going to touch him. You know, I had just gotten saved. and, And I just did not know that we shouldn't have a spirit of fear. So I wasn't touching him. Matter of fact, I left the room. Then my uncles went back in, so I said, well, there's power in numbers. So I went back in with them, and and something came over me again, and something said, touch him. Well, I said, no, again. I wasn't touching him." And so I never did figure out what that something was. But But I left the room again, and I went back into the room a third time, and something said, touch him. So this time I did. And when I touched him, he was hard as a rock. And the first thing that came to my mind was this: that this is not my grandfather, but this is only the body that housed my grandfather. His spirit was gone to his eternal resting place. Then I started to think: all of my life, everything I did was to please the body. Man, if it cra- craved something, I fed it. If it wanted to smell good, I'd wash him up and put some smell good on him, make him smell good. If he wanted to feel good, I'd put something in it to make him feel good. If, if, as hurtful as that craving was, I fed it. And even sometimes as sinful as that craving was, I fed it. And now I'm looking at my grandfather and I'm thinking, and what did it profit me to feed this old body? Because that old body is going to return back to the dirt. Now, the very thing that I should have been satisfying or feeding was God's spirit that lived on the inside of me. And God's spirit that lived on the inside of me was craving the word of God. So I started reading God's word. I began to satisfy this hunger that I had for God. You see, I wanted to know this God that I had given my life to. I wanted to know about this salvation plan that that God had for me. I wanted to overcome my struggles. I I wanted my marriage to be healed. I I wanted my family to be healed. I, I, I wanted to find out more about this life. And I found out about life in this book. You see, guys, before I started reading God's Word, I would feel condemned because of my past. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I would feel condemned because of my past. You see, but what I didn't know, that old things had passed away and all things had become new. You see, before I started reading God's Word, I didn't know that I was totally forgiven and redeemed. Before I started reading God's Word, I didn't know that I I had been chosen and set apart for God. Before I started reading God's Word, I didn't know that I was more than a conqueror and I could do all things through Christ who who strengthens me. Before I started reading God's Word, I did not know that I should treat my wife like Christ treated the church. And I should bring up my children in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. I didn't know that. See, I didn't know by his stripes that I was healed. I didn't know that it was God who gives us all the ability to produce wealth. I didn't know those things before I started reading God's Word. If you want to be successful, if you you want to overcome the struggles in your life, it starts by getting into God's Word and doing it continually. Let me give you the acronym for the word Bible. It's basic instructions before leaving earth. You see, life instructions are in this book. And success starts with studying this book of instructions. Let me give you the second key to ensure your success is think on God's word. Think on God's word. Joshua 1 and 8 says this, study this book of instructions continually. Meditate on it. Think on it day and night. Have you heard the saying that you are what you eat? Anybody heard that saying you are what you eat? Look at your neighbor and say, you are what you eat. Now, some of you are talking to a bunch of hams and turkeys and dribbling gravy and all that. This time next week, I want to be a chitlin. I want to be a chitlin. So tell my wife, I want to be a chitlin next week. But that old saying that you are what you eat. It's also true to say that you are, and you are becoming what you think. Yeah, you are, and you are becoming what you think. An unknown author wrote this. It says, watch your thoughts, they become your words. Watch your words, they become your actions. Watch your actions, they become your habits. Watch your habits, they become your character. And watch your character, it becomes your destiny. You see, if a person is always having negative thoughts, they'll probably never have successful consequences. If, if a person is always saying that, you know what, I, I'll never have success, I, I'll never have any victories, then they probably won't. If a person is always saying, you know what, I'll never get that job, I'll never get that promotion, and they stop working hard, well, they probably won't. If a person is always thinking, you know what, I'll never have a spouse, so they stop brushing their hair, they stop brushing their teeth, and let me tell you, when you stop doing that, not only will you not have a spouse, you'll probably lose a few good friends. (laughs) See, if a person is always saying, you know what, this marriage will never work, so they stop working on the marriage. You're right, that marriage will never work. If you're thinking all the time that, that you know what, I will never be healed, and you stop trusting God, and you'll probably never be healed. You know, sometimes we don't think or we don't meditate on the things that God wants us to. You know, even Joshua, the one who had seen God do some, some awesome things, there was a point in his life where he could have been meditating on the wrong thing. Listen to what God tells him in Joshua one six through nine. Now, this is God. He's talking to Joshua. He says, be strong and courageous for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the lands I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Again, God tells Joshua, he tells him, be strong and very courageous. Be very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Let's skip down to verse 9. It says, this is my commandment. And God tells Joshua again, he tells him, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or, or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now, not once in those verses did Joshua ever go to God and say, God, I'm afraid. Not once did did Joshua ever do that. So why did God continue to tell Joshua, don't be fearful? He told him that three different times. Is it just possible that God knew what Joshua was thinking? Is it possible that God knew what Joshua was meditating on? Is it possible that, that Joshua began to think like, like we think sometimes? Lord, I just can't do what you're asking me to do. Lord, I, I, I don't think your promises, Lord. I don't think your promises are for me. And Lord, will I ever have victory in my life? Is it possible that Joshua was meditating on the wrong things? Is it possible that Joshua was afraid? I think so. Because God began to correct his thinking. He told Joshua, he said, don't you be fearful, but be strong and and courageous. And he told him that again, again, and again. You see, God gave Joshua something new to think about. He gave Joshua something new to meditate on. He gave Joshua, he gave Joshua his word. And just like Joshua, God wants you and God wants me to begin to meditate On His Word, do you ever do you ever take the time out and just get away by yourself to meditate on God's Word? Just get somewhere all by yourself and let God speak to you. You know, this is what meditation should look like for the Christian. It's when we deliberately practice turning our hearts and our mind to the full-time task of bringing the Word of God to life. We bring the Word of God to life in our everyday activities, in our everyday circumstances. You know, as I was preparing this message, my family and I, we were going through some challenges. I mean, we had lost some money in the stock market. My wife had lost her business. She's been facing this disease called glaucoma. It causes blindness. She's been dealing with this disease for like 15 years now. She'd had like eight surgeries and in her last doctor visit, the doctor said, hey, there's no more we can do for you. My sister recently lost her husband to cancer. My children who are all adults now, you know, they were faced with job losses and, and just raising their, their families and, and then, you know what? On top of all of that, I moved my mommy in with me. And I did. Now, you thought mama was something while like you was in her house. <laughs> Look here, move her in your house. Just teasing. I, I love my mama. I wouldn't have her to be no other place. But we were going through it. We were being challenged. So I would do this. I would get up early in the morning, and I would just begin to meditate on God's word. I would begin to meditate on, on what God had already done for me. You know, sometimes when we we only think about the problem, but God said we need to keep our minds on things above. You see, it was in those moments when a meditation, when my mind was on Jesus, he spoke to me and said, Shelby, do you trust me? He said, Shelby, do do you trust my word? Do we trust God? I mean, do, do you really, do you really, really trust God? When when the rubber meets the road, do you trust God? When your prayer is not being answered, do you trust God? When it seems like God is a distant God, do you continue to trust God? You know, there's a scripture that God brought to me during my time of meditation And when he brought it to me, he he made it personal. You know, we serve a personal God. He want to minister to you personal. But God gave me a scripture, and he just made it so personal. It's Jeremiah 29 and 11. And it's going to show there on the screens there. But I want to share with you how God brought it to me. He said, Shelby, I know the plans that I have for you. Shelby, my plans are to prosper you. Shelby, my plan is not to harm you. But Shelby, my plan is to give you hope, and Shelby, my plan is to give you a future. And when I read that, and when that thought came to me during my time of meditation, man, just this peace came all over me. You know what? I just knew everything was going to be all right. And let me tell you today, everything is all right. You see, when you start meditating on God's Word, all these wonderful scriptures will start flooding your heart and, and your mind with, with the promises of God. And see, this is the wonderful thing about it. You won't even need the Bible because all the time you spend studying the word, now that word is in your heart. And so you can see how these two keys, how they work together. Let me give you the final key. And I think this one is just so, so important. The third and final key that will ensure your success is obey God's Word. Joshua 1 and 8 says this, Study this book of instructions continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything. Obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. You know, when God told Joshua to get the people ready to go across the Jordan and possess the land. Joshua did not say to God, God, I, I, I know what you're asking me to do. God, I, God, I know what your, your words say, but God, I got to pray about it first. And God, you know my heart. You know you're not through with me yet. You know how we like to say those things. Well, see, see, Joshua didn't say that. Let me tell you what Joshua done when God told him to go possess the land. We found it in Joshua 1, 10, and 11. It says, Joshua ordered, so Joshua ordered the officers of the people. Go through the camp and tell the people, get your supplies ready. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God has given you for your own. You see, guys, Joshua didn't, he didn't hesitate. Joshua didn't, he didn't make any excuses. He immediately obeyed the word of God. He just went to possess the land. If we're ever going to experience the power of God in our lives, we have to obey the word of God. If you're ever going to receive the the promises of God, you, you have to obey the word of God. If you want to be successful... In areas of your life, if you want to overcome the struggles in your lives, we have to obey the Word of God. And you know what, church? We need to do it quickly. Because this is the thing about delayed obedience. Delayed obedience is really disobedience. And when we disobey God, then we'll never have the success in life that God wants us to have. You see, God wants us to be doers of the Word and not only hearers. In Luke 11 and 28, Jesus' reply was this. He said, blessed rather are those who hear the Word and obey it. Blessed are those who hear it and obey it. In 2010, you know, God want to bless you with success. But to ensure that success... Guys, we need to get into God's Word. We need to begin to meditate on God's Word. And we need to obey God's Word. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you, God. We love you and we praise you today.